If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Our guest today is Philippa Collier. Philippa is an eventing, show jumping and dressage coach. She's been at Pony Club. She's a coach and coach educator, trainer, competitor and she's also an eventing selector. How are you, Philippa? I'm great, thank you, Glenn. It's good to be talking to you. Good to talk to you too, Philippa. Now, Philippa, a quote. Have you got one for us, what we normally start off with? I have. Uh, Prevention is better than cure. You sound like a very safety-conscious coach. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Now, when you say that prevention is better than cure, do you say it often to your students, or how did you come across this quote in the first place? Um, I suppose I come from the safer side of coaching, and... I've watched people hurry through the grades, ask talented horses and riders to go up far too quickly and learn that that doesn't really work. So going back to the basics, making sure the right training scale is in order before one pushes horses and riders has been the basis of all my training. And um, I find especially teaching new things with event horses that if you have like a combination of two or three jumps in a row, that if you start off slowly and jump them one by one, then the horse is very happy to jump all three together and you avoid the horse and riders having problems like running out or stopping and accidents happening and build up really confidence overall. Okay, confidence for the horse and confidence for the rider. That's right. Okay, now tell me about when you first started with horses and what your first memories are. Okay, so I was brought up, born and brought up in Jamaica and we lived on a farm and my mother was horsey. She would not have a clue about cantering on the correct lead or diagonals, but we got on and we just rode. So from the age of four, I was riding a donkey and then graduated with great excitement to a horse by the time I was seven and just rode around the property with my mum. I was very interested um, as I went to school. I then went to Pony Club in Kingston. It's run by a wonderful lady called Mary McFarlane, who's still alive. And she got us going at Pony Club and taught diagonals, and we did our B, uh, D and C certificates. And then at 13, my parents divorced, and I moved to Scotland. And... After I finished school, I was able to have a year pottering, so I stayed and did my AI at Busby Equitation Centre in Glasgow and sort of got me on my coaching, starting of coaching. Then moved back to Jamaica by the time I was 18 and started teaching and running. All the hotels started having, um, the Club Med type hotels started having running stables. So I started working there. And worked there for a couple of years until I got married in 79. And then we moved all over the world and ended up in Perth and just started uh, working with horses here. I was a strapper for 
a family called the Pavlinoviches and did polo ponies and teaching on the side and then eventually bought our own property here in 1982 and then started doing my level one. So sort of all climbed there. So did you make an actual conscious decision to follow a career with horses or was it sort of in this bit of a gap year that you had that you did some study and then just, you know, you already had some qualifications so you kept going? How did that, what were your thought process there? Well, my father said to me, you can't shovel shit all your life, darling. It won't get you anywhere. <laughs> Have an education. So I said, mm-hmm. okay, Dad, well, let me just go and do this for a year. If I get into university, I was actually going to go to university and become a geography teacher. Mm-hmm. But then in my year off, when I went back to Jamaica, I started working at these stables. And then I met my husband. I was very young at 18, my husband-to-be. And um, things just went on from there and I never ever went back to uni- never went to university and got married and in those days you know it wasn't absolutely crucial that a woman became highly educated so I sort of potted along and then having moved to Australia and we were luckily able to buy a property that had a bit of land and with the thought of running adjustment and gradually becoming a more employable coach um, I never looked back. Great. Yeah. Now, what about people who want to work with horses and you see them all the time? What sort of core skills or character traits do you think they need to just get started in the horse industry? Patience and the ability to do chores over and over again, monotonous chores like picking manure, making sure horses are all happy every day. It is a monotonous job until you start the more exciting things of teaching or training or getting a little more into the daily chores of looking after horses. Do you think the monotonous chores help to sort out the people who are really focused and really dedicated and really pay attention to detail before they actually go on and start teaching? How do you think that works? I think it's very good. I think it brings them back to basics. It brings mm-hmm. them, makes them very grounded. Yep. And it gives you a good footing for the future because, you know, with horses, things happen and there are a lot of downtime. There are a few ups and there are a lot of things that don't always go right. And it teaches you patience and the ability to be soft and enjoy horses for what they are, not always getting exactly what you want from them. Yeah, I think it's a very good grounding for everybody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you think the best thing about working in the horse industry is? Well, my number one thing is always being with the horse. Mm-hmm. I love the horses and I think being able to teach people how to ride them well for their own comfort, the horse's own comfort and enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And you meet a lot of lovely people and I enjoy all that side of it. I don't enjoy the paperwork side of the business and um, the legal side and the insurance and all that sort of stuff. But I enjoy being out there in the arena being with the horses and improving people and I think probably giving them confidence to do what they never thought they might do. Mm, mm, mm. The paperwork and the bookwork side, that that's more of a business owner type thing, isn't it? Yep. 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 But you still have to do a bit as a coach. You still have to yes, do your yes. bit. And, <laughs> yep. Now, you talked about Mary McFarlane, Busby Equitation yes. Centre. Who else helped you or influenced you in your career? So when I got to Australia and started coaching and got a horse, 
Zoe Harrison, who is very mm-hmm. well known. She's a level two dressage specialist and coach educator. And she set me along the path of just improving my riding and then encouraged me to go and do my level one. Mm-hmm. Because in those times, you couldn't flick from a BHSAI to a level one or the, you know, an intro, you had to go and do it all again from scratch, which was a very good thing. And she mentored me for many years. She was my coach and she helped me go and get these, do these exams. Mm -hmm. Also Nadine Merriweather, who is a level three. She was also one of the main people behind getting people educated in Western Australia. So I have to thank them both for encouraging me. And then after having my level one for um, about eight years, they said, now, come on, you've got to do your level two <laughs> yep. and uh, become a coach educator. Yep. And yep. there were a band of us. There was Dwight Pedlow, Fiona John, Ros Tippett, Nadine Merriweather, and Zoe. And we all went to train over the East States to become coach educators. And we all sort of kept the system going over here since then. Okay. Now, what about horses? Tell us about horse, any horses that have influenced you in your career. I've never been a great rider, but I did get a horse in 1990, um, a grey horse called After All, and I got up to FEI One Star and rode him at the three-day event over here that were pretty big in those days, and we rode against people like Blythe Tate and um, on the Australian team, so it was great, and I remember winning the dressage against all of them all, and that's probably my biggest claim to fame. I enjoyed him for about 10 years, and then he got too old, and then I've had a couple of other horses. I got a race horse off the track, the one I lost recently. He's a key business horse. He had an interesting temperament, and... I broke my back falling off from him. I broke my arm and other things. And this was eight years ago, so it was quite an ordeal at the age of 52, 53 to break your back. And I thought, well, mm. luckily I um, was able to ride again after a year. And he went on to being a very good horse for me, very brave. And then he broke his shoulder last January and had to be put down. No, oh, that's a shame. Mm. It was a shame, but he did get me going, and out of all bad things come new things, and now I have this wonderful warm blood cross. Never had a warm blood, so I've now in changed to the dark side, I call it, <laughs> um, as they're quite different temperaments, but he's a lovely, lovely horse, and I'm thoroughly enjoying him, and he's a wonderful horse on the flat, and he show jumps well. We've just got to make him brave cross country, but um, he's a 17-1 stunning animal, and I'm very happy. I'm very lucky to be riding and enjoying it so much. Yeah, good, good. Now, you, you said about winning the dressage at, a, you know, the three-day event on After All. Was that your proudest moment? You're saying it's a claim to fame, but does that mean your proudest moment? It was. I think it was because I was on the radio and um, my brother, he was up in Port Hedland and he heard my name called out and he just about fell out of bed. <laughs> so I think probably that event was probably one of my proudest moments, yes. Yeah. Yeah, good. But it's nothing, nothing on the grand scale. It was just something good for me. Something you enjoyed, yeah. 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 Philippa, what's been your biggest challenge on your way to getting you are now? Tell us a bit about that, and we're going to talk about how you overcome it as well. Okay, so probably coming from um, a bush background in Jamaica with no education with horses and uh, um, a father who, although he encouraged me, he was not like he, he thought I would never get to where I was imagining I could get. And I'm not being a terrific rider. I have had to work in every way to become the person I am 
as a coach doing well in WA. So being hardworking, always being truthful to your clients, doing the right job, having very good facilities and being very professional has got where I have. I also think, I think probably some of the challenges that have come to meet me is probably being a selector or being a coach educator and being on committees is dealing with people who are unhappy about things and don't see the other side of the picture. People tend to see their side of the story and nothing else. And I think always dealing with that has been probably one of the hardest things. And you can make friends and lose friends by making honest decisions about where people are going in their lives. And that's probably one of the hardest things to take. Yes, yes, because you can only select a certain amount and as a coach educator, you've still got to meet that certain level and be professional about it and be living up to actually achieve that. It's a certain amount of responsibility. Yeah, I suppose it's taking that responsibility serious. You don't, you know, you may you may not make as many friends as, as you would like. And I think it comes down to, uh, um, a lady told me once, it was a very good advice, she said, Philippa, you have to choose whether you want to be liked or respected because the two don't always go together. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I think that is a good one about being liked and being respected, yeah. Yep. Just thinking about you now as a coach, what's a common fault that you see you know, the riders, trainers, handlers maybe, but probably the riders. And also how can it be fixed? You know, what would you say as a coach? What are you going to coach people about this particular problem? Okay, so because I coach eventing, so I do a bit of everything, I would say when people come for a jump or a cross-country lesson, they haven't got their basics in their flat work in place. Mm-hmm. And, oh, we, I'm jumping a metre five this weekend and we need to do that today. And, and you think, my goodness, you can't even canter a 20-metre circle properly and you want to canter down to a fence and you're crooked or you have no rhythm. So I think the hardest thing is to establish the basics of the German scale of training in no matter what sport people are doing. And I find clients who want to stay with you and want to do it properly will and the others will move on because they will find somebody who will let them just gallop down and jump the meter five in any way they want. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably, um, we talk about clients coming to us because of who we are, but you actually make your own clients because the people who are in a hurry won't come to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You end up having people who do want to take time and do want to do it properly. Yep. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. All right. Now, thinking about complementing their training, have you got a book that you could recommend? The Principles of Riding is what I ask all my parents or my riders to buy. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. It just about has to be the most recommended book, I think, that we um, we have on the show, Principles of yep. Riding. Yep. Yep. And I stick to that and people go, no, you do it like this. or no. Well, just read <laughs> that. That's got it. That's yep. got it quite clearly put out and uh, that's the way I want to um, – train i don't always the um german scale of training is very interesting i don't always say it especially comes in that order because i think straightness and things all reflect on rhythm and regularity and contact and they all sort of meld into each other so i don't Mm. think there's a particular order 
except that Clashen is obviously at the end. But um, mm. I think mm. if you put them all as a group and put them together, yep. I think it, they all work together very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right, now, now just looking forward to, because you've already said that, you know, you're looking forward to being on the committee. You've got a horse as well that you're looking forward to having the year with. Is that what you're looking forward to? Is there anything else we need to bring in? I've got some super riders. I've been very lucky. I've had a few riders that have stuck with me for 20, you know, 18 to 20 years. So Emily Gray, who did four-star Adelaide last year and the year before, I've taught her since she was five. And to see somebody you've taught from basics to go around the four-star, pretty exciting. And I have quite a few riders who are doing the same thing and they're maybe 16 or 17 and they're on their way. Mm. Now, it's quite an interesting fact. I am not a top-level rider. So when the Stuart Tinneys and the Megan Joneses come over, a lot of people go to them because mm-hmm. there is this feel that if you're a top rider, you're going to be a very good coach. I mean, they are good coaches, don't get me wrong. But we can still coach at that level mm-hmm. and be effective. And you'll find a lot of riders will agree with that and then others will leave at a certain level in their life. And that's fair enough. And I think people should go to other coaches. And I've always said to them, I don't mind at all if you go to somebody else. Just let me know and let's talk about what you're doing. I think it's very an open shop. Go to whoever you feel to go to. Don't feel you have to stick with me. And don't feel you can't tell me because I want to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what about your philosophy with horses? Can you explain that in just a few sentences, just summarize your philosophy? It's that prevention rather than cure. It's having the patience, having the basic training in place that they behave on the ground before you get on them, that you get all the basics, the straightness, the rhythm, the relaxation all in place before you start adding all the other stuff. And that's always been my philosophy. And yeah, I find it it works well. It works well no matter which discipline you're in. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what about contact, Philippa? If people want to contact you, what's your best contact details? Uh, my phone number or my email. Okay. All right. We'll have those details available for people on horsechats.com slash Philippa Collier. And it's Philippa with one L, not two. Or else if you just go to horsechats.com and search for Philippa with one L, you'll be able to find her details as well. Philippa, thanks for chatting to us today. Hopefully people will have got a lot of out of that and good to know that you've got some great riders coming along and you're looking forward to the next year with your riders, your horse and being on the committee. You're a well-rounded horse person, a bit of everything. Well, thank you very much for inviting me on to the program and I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, Glennis. Great. Good to talk to you. I'll talk to you again sometime soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses, or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.